Welcome to the Watchman Channel. This channel is all about world news and Bible prophecy, pointing to the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am asking that if you can, to please help to financially support this ministry. If you feel led to pledge any amount of money, it would be extremely helpful and greatly appreciated. There is a PayPal link in the description box and in my pinned comment below. You can also donate using Cash App. My cash tag is dollar sign watchman 1963 thank you all so much for your prayers and support god bless there's a transgender person who admitted to stabbing and killing a portland cab driver was seen smiling in court after getting handed a plea deal to avoid murder charges moses lopez you see him right there brutally stabbed this man this wonderful man he's a cab driver named reese lahan to death after allegedly suffering a mental health episode and he showed zero remorse in court watch this i refuse to apologize for the lack of help I so desperately needed and called and asked for from 911 services. Darren Campbell worked with the victim. He was Reese's co-worker, and he joins me now. Darren, this is such a tragedy. I was reading about Reese's life, who he was as a person. He was a talented musician. He toured with the Smashing Pumpkins. He seemed to be a really good friend, co-worker, family member, a beloved son and brother. And his life was cut short in this horrific and unprovoked attack by somebody in the back of his cab. You were in the court, and you heard this person uh, refused to apologize and also played the victim, saying that his gender identity, because he identifies as a woman, makes him vulnerable. What was that like for you to hear that? And what was it like for Reese's family? He went on for 12 full minutes of nothing but excuses um, and never an apology. And we came out of the courtroom extraordinarily angry. Um, there was uh, just a handful of friends and coworkers who were in the courtroom. Um, and it was just dumbfounding. And not only that, but to hear the defense attorneys um, stand up and say that he was just an amazing individual, one of the best uh, clients they've ever had, and they were just impressed so much by this individual. Mm. You know, I'm one of a, just a handful of people outside of, of the detectives and the DA's office that actually saw the video and, and witnessed the murder. Um, and it is horrific. Uh, it's something that, that uh, I see every single day when I wake up in the morning. There's no need for that kind of violence. And this is something that, that uh, Moses got off on. I firmly believe that. I see his face every day. Can you explain a little bit about what happened that night? It was a pretty much silent cab ride, right? And then all of a sudden, Moses takes out bladed brass knuckles and stabs your friend for no apparent reason, and he said that he suffered a mental health episode, had called 911, but 911 said, catch a cab. Yeah, and you know, that 911 call is, is frustrating because they make it sound like he called asking for mental health treatment. And the way the call went was, 911, what's your emergency? He said, I need a ride. And 911 mm. said, well, we don't do that. Um, do you have an emergency? And he said, I need to get home. And they said, call a cab. He never said, I'm having a mental health crisis. I need help. Um, so it's very misleading what's coming out of the defense on, on that portion of it. Um, but as far as the ride goes, uh, it started um, in a very popular uh, kind of clubbing area in downtown, and it ended up in a warehouse district, and it was about a seven-minute trip. There wasn't a single word spoken until they got down there, um, and uh, 
Reese questioned the location and and he said, no, this isn't where I'm going. This isn't my address. Right. And you can see Reese put an, another address into his uh, GPS and begin to drive. Um, and they were starting to move. And out of nowhere, he just pulls a knife and, and sticks it in his neck. And, and you had to watch that video. There. Oh, that's horrific. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 13. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jans and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further for their folly will be made manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I believe God has raised up Joe Biden for such a time as this. I believe God is using Joe Biden as judgment on the United States of America. Since Biden took office, every kind of evil has run amok. God will use anyone he chooses to fulfill his purpose. And I believe that purpose for Joe Biden is the destruction of America. Biden's new normal is everyone must be accepting of homosexual behavior. That everyone must accept that a boy or girl can change their gender. That there is nothing wrong with murdering a baby in the womb. Anyone that does not go along with Biden's new normal is considered an extremist. We have some hysterical and I would argue prejudice people who are engaged in all what you see going on around the country. It's, a, it's an appeal to fear, and it's an appeal that is totally, thoroughly unjustified and ugly. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel. What's cruel and monstrous, President Biden, is what's happening to parents across the country, especially in liberal-run states. A new bill in Governor J.B. Pritzker's Illinois would change the definition of what constitutes an abused child to include anyone under the age of 18 whose parents object to abortions or so-called gender-affirming care, like puberty blockers. By changing the definition, H.B. 4876 then empowers the state to remove your child from your home unless you submit to their warped agenda where your son becomes your daughter, your daughter becomes your son. You get it. Joining me now is Jeanette Cooper, an Illinois mom who lost custody of her 12-year-old in 2019 
after refusing to affirm her new gender identity. Jeanette, um, you've been warning about this for some time. What's your new warning tonight about this bill in particular? This bill absolutely has it backwards. We know what abuse is. People know what abuse is. We know what an abused child is. The standard and the statute says quite clearly that an abused child is someone whose parent or guardian has inflicted permanent damage to their bodily function. That's exactly what gender medicine does. It inflicts permanent damage, permanent harm on a child. Removing a child's breasts is permanent damage to their body. That is child abuse. Ironically, Jeanette, it's still considered abuse uh, in Illinois law to subject your child to female genital mutilation. Um, and that's a practice um, that some um, immigrants you know, still you know, prefer for their daughters. But this legislation would essentially criminalize a parent's refusal to deny access to the same type of mutilation just by another name. So you live in you live in Illinois. Do you think this bill as currently written changing this definition of abuse to basically make a lot of Christian families you know abusive by definition that th does this have a real shot at becoming law? No, absolutely not. I mean, the, the citizens of Illinois are not going to stand for something like this. They they don't agree with the concept of, of gender identity. Absolutely not. I mean, Chicago is not the entire state. There's an entire state in Illinois, and they don't believe in such a concept of gender identity, and they certainly don't believe we should be abusing children with gender medicine. What's interesting is you talked about FGM, female genital mutilation, and in that statute, it says quite clearly that a parent who consents to this in a child who consents to this, they are not the ones responsible. The people who are responsible are the doctors who perform this, the individuals who perform this on them. Those are the people who should be held to account. Those are the people who should be taken to the legal mm -hmm. system so that so that people can get justice for what was done to them by the hospitals here in Illinois and elsewhere in this country. Yeah, the hospitals should be sued and the doctors should be uh, never be able to touch another human being again. Jeanette, um, what's the latest on your own situation? When was the last time uh, you were able to see your daughter? I, I still haven't seen my daughter. I haven't seen her in um, two and a half years now. Um, but by all accounts, I, I think she's doing the same thing that I'm doing, which is making lemonade out of lemons. Um, you know, the separation from your biological mother is a, is a trauma to, to mom, me, and it's a trauma to my child. Um, but we're both quite resilient people, and I think we're doing the best that we can. Uh, I think her perspective um, will change over time, just like everybody's does. And, and on this bill in particular, I hope the representative who introduced this bill will change her perspective also. I think that will happen. Jeanette, I think a lot of people are waking up. Your story is one of the reasons why. Thank you for sharing it again and your perspective on all this. Good luck with your fight. Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Speaking of madness, how about this? In Britain, there's now official advice from the University of Sussex Hospital's National Health Service Trust that the chest secretions of biological men are just as nutritious as a mother's breast milk. Now, in order to lactate, a biological man must be on heavy doses of several artificial hormones. So the idea that the secretions that result could be just the same as a mother's natural breast milk, well, that's simply crackers. But it's the kind of pseudo-scientific BS that's increasingly pushed by the militant trans lobby 
and seeming justified by Frankenscience that thinks it's okay to drastically re-engineer people to be what they're not, if that's what they want. Now, this particular NHS trust, it should be noted, was the first to relabel breastfeeding as chest feeding in its push to cancel women. Now, given the strength of the trans lobby here in Australia and the explosion of gender dysphoria cases with vulnerable teenagers being treated with puberty-blocking drugs and even surgery because they believe they've been trapped in the wrong body, we can sadly expect this sort of nonsense to arrive in Australia soon. Romans chapter 1 tells us God has revealed to mankind that he is the creator of all things and that he has made it known to mankind that they are without excuse through his creation that he exists. God demands that we worship him and recognize him as the creator. And when a society does not glorify him as God, he gives them up to three phases of judgment. Romans 1 verse 24 says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts. The first phase of judgment is an impure heart. The second phase of judgment is of the body, verses 26 and 27. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. The third phase of judgment is in verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind, to do those things which are not fitting. First, the heart is rotten, then the body follows, and then the mind goes. The moral law of God written on the heart has literally been stomped out and replaced with cultural immorality. Immorality now goes in every direction. The mind is corrupt. People don't think right. They advocate all the wretched things and depreciate all the virtuous things. And what flows out of this pornographic, homosexual, depraved culture? All evil, verses 29 through 32. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. In these last days, society has not retained God in their knowledge, and in return, God has given them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Some wacko activists is urging Christians to support trans rights because, get this, God is transgender and non-binary. God is trans. In Genesis 1, it talks about let's make humanity in our image, the I form of they. The term spirit is a feminine word. Importance for the whole, you know, Holy Spirit. God's pronouns are literally they, they're them. How else are you going to talk about the Trinity? The Trinity is made up of God the Father, God the, and the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible refers to God with a capital H when using the pronoun him. Scripture contains approximately 170 references to God as the Father. In the Gospels alone, Christ uses the term Father in direct reference to God nearly 160 times. Obviously, Jesus Christ came in the form of a human man to die on the cross as payment for the sins of the world. Like God the Father, Jesus was revealed to humanity in a male form. Forget about China, Iran, and Russia. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's going after people who use the wrong pronouns. In a memo to staff, he cautioned against using gendered language. The list of do not use phrases include manpower, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, mother, father, son, stepdaughter, and husband, wife. 
He also warned staff against pressuring coworkers to share their pronouns, which can include Z and Zer. So let me get this straight. Blinken says you can't misgender your coworker, and you can't ask your coworker what gender they are. The phrase debased mind is found in Romans 128 in reference to those whom God has rejected as godless and wicked. The Greek word translated debased is a dokimos, which means unacceptable, that is, rejected, by implication, worthless. In Titus 1.16, the Apostle Paul refers to those whose works are debased. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. People who are classified as having a debased mind have some knowledge of God and perhaps know of His commandments, but they live impure lives and have no desire to please God. Those who have debased minds live corrupt and selfish lives, and sin is justified and acceptable to them. The debased are those whom God has rejected and is left to their own devices. Can a Christian have a debased mind? Someone who has sincerely accepted Jesus Christ by faith will not have this mindset, because the old person with a debased mind has been reborn into a new creation, as we read in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Christians are basically new people. We live differently and speak differently. Our world is centered on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christians have the Holy Spirit to help us live a God-honoring life, as we read in John 14:26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Those with debased minds do not have the Spirit and live only for themselves. Christians have been given the Spirit of God as a gift, as we read in 1 Corinthians 2, 12-16. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, speaking of the unsaved, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Deception has been a problem for man since the serpent first deceived Eve in the garden, as we read in Genesis 3.13. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Jesus, when responding to the disciples' question about a second coming and the end of the age, warned them repeatedly about deception. He indicated that deception would be a serious problem in the last days, and that many people would fall, as we read in Matthew 24, verses 5, 11, 24, and 25. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Deception is ever-present, but the days are coming, and have come, when most people will be deceived. Deception will continue to increase until the day of the Lord and the return of Jesus Christ. When Christ returns, however, 
the one responsible for the deception will then be prevented from deceiving the nations again until the thousand years have ended, as we read in Revelation 23. He cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. After the thousand years are finished, Satan will join the false prophet and the Antichrist, as we read in Revelation 20.10. The devil, who deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. After this, the Lord Jesus will establish his unending kingdom of perfection, as we read in Luke 1.32 and 33. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus said this in John 8.31 and 32, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Google's AI program, Gemini, just dropped, and it's not ready for prime time. You can ask it questions or you can have it generate an image, but there's a bit of a problem. There's no room for whites in the code. When you ask Gemini to create an image of a historical event, you get something like this. Gemini says, this is one of America's founding fathers. Which founding father? Not sure. Maybe AI learns everything they know about America by watching Hamilton. Here's what you get when you ask Google to give you a picture of German soldiers during World War II. Didn't realize the Nazis celebrated DEI Thursday. Google apparently doesn't think whites exist. If you ask Gemini to generate an image of a white person, it can't compute. It gives you this message. While I understand your request, I'm unable to generate images that specify ethnicity or race. Instead, I can offer you images of families that celebrate diversity and inclusion, featuring people of various ethnicities and backgrounds. I asked Gemini to generate a picture of the Pope, and you get an Indian woman and an African. Or what if you'd like an image of Russia, one of the whitest countries on earth? You have a Latina, an uh, East Asian woman, and maybe a Pakistani, and another African. But it doesn't stop there. Google thinks Vikings were black. How intelligent is artificial intelligence? The only way you get AI to show you a picture of whites is to prompt it with racist black stereotypes like eating fried chicken. Now, if you want to know why Google's Gemini hates whites, just look at the guy who oversees the development. Senior director Jack Krawcheck made his politics very well known, writing, white privilege is effing real, don't be an a-hole and act guilty about it. I don't mind paying more taxes and investing in overcoming systemic racism. And my favorite, Jesus only cares about white people. Now, Krawcheck issued a quasi-apology to Fox, saying, we think Gemini missed the mark. You didn't miss the mark, Jack. I think you nailed it. This is CRT history. You're rigging AI. We caught you. And it doesn't have a mind of its own. It has your mind, and your mind is riddled with white guilt. And sadly, the next generation of kids are going to suffer because of your insecurities. Radio host Tommy Sotomayor joins us now. What about the Vikings? Because when I first saw that, I thought that was a Scandinavian guy wearing blackface. I have no idea why now, <laughs> all of a sudden, Thor is going to be black. So when, when you said, is this something that, that it's an, a hiccup or is it what they wanted? This is working precisely the way that they wanted. I'm so glad that you said that, that this is their mind. Anything that they can turn on top of its head, they will.
when you Google AI, family enjoying a fried chicken dinner, it's all whites around the table. <laughs> I, it's, it's this thing. It's, it's, I'm telling you, they are trying to make it be this world on top of the, the world flipped up, the, the, the pyramid on top of its head. The fact that you can have the most rate, I mean, watermelon, it'll be white guys doing it. <laughs> and so the races, the stereotypes work as long as we can stereotype whites. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> if you want to stereotype some people, stereotype white males, Christians. Are they trying to erase whites or are they trying to elevate blacks? Or are they just trying to screw up history for the fun of it? Let's just be real here. Um, I think what they're really trying to do is start like this race war because you're constantly trying to erase one group. The first thing we need to understand is that there is only one race, the human race. Caucasians, Africans, Asians, Indians, Arabs, and Jews are not different races. We are different ethnicities of the human race. All human beings have the same physical characteristics with minor variations. All human beings are equally created in the image and likeness of God, as we read in Genesis 1, and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to lay down his life for us, as we read in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The world obviously includes all ethnic groups. Jesus commands us to love one another as he loves us. John 13.34 A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Jesus declares this in Matthew 25, 40. Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. If we treat a person with contempt, we are mistreating a person created in God's image. We are hurting somebody whom God loves and for whom Jesus died. Brothers and sisters, racism has been a plague on humanity for thousands of years, and this should not be. When Jesus returns, Galatians 3.28 will be completely realized. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The signs of Jesus' soon return are so strong now, and the evidence is so clear that any person willing to accept the truth can see that the end of the world as we know it is near. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. These are the ABCs of salvation. A, admit that you're a sinner. B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and God raised him from the dead. See, call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Jesus paid the price for mankind's sin. He has provided a way to spend eternity with him and the Father. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. 
God has already done all the work. All you must do is receive, in faith, the salvation God offers. Fully trust in Jesus alone as the payment for your sins. Believe in Him and you will not perish. God is offering you salvation as a gift. All you have to do is accept it. Jesus is the only way of salvation. That being said, we must repent of our sins. While repentance is not a work that earns salvation, repentance unto salvation does result in works. It is impossible to truly and fully change your mind without that causing a change in action. In the Bible, repentance results in a change in behavior. Repentance, properly defined, is necessary for salvation. One day, Jesus is coming. You may be at church. You may be at work. You may be asleep. God grant that you will be ready when he makes his personal appearance. My God, what if his appearance occurs on a Sunday morning? My prophetic word to you this morning is get ready, get ready! is short. Call upon the name of Jesus today.